So Batman got a big commitment yesterday in Casey Poe, but who is due for the infamous Bama bump? You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Thanks for making this your first listen. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, as predicted here on Locked On Bama, Casey Poe commits to Alabama. And, uh, you know, hey, pretty good pickup. Casey Poe, I'm going to show him now if uh, if I can get, you know, technology escapes me sometimes. But uh, I'm, gonna, I'm pulling up a picture and uh, eventually, and here we go. And I like his look. I like the fact that he doesn't shave real well under his chin and around his neck. And he looks like he's got a lot of cuts, like he doesn't care. Like I'm going to cut, you know, just cut myself shaving. What's anybody going to do about it? That looks like a mean offensive lineman to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it wasn't a, a big surprise. We had uh, Casey Poe covered uh, really well, a BOL for a while, had a good uh, several great interviews with him got several great quotes uh from him and uh and and had rpm'd casey poe to uh to alabama uh so it wasn't a big shock or surprise uh but nevertheless it's a big big deal i think sometimes when when uh you know when the when the tea leaves are pretty obvious or or in other words hey you know it wasn't a big surprise that alabama landed casey poe uh well sometimes we tend to to not think of it as a big deal. We, 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 it's the dramatic ones that, that we make into a big deal, but really all that matters is how good is this guy? And, you know, on three ranks, Casey Poe, the number one interior offensive line prospect in the entire country, that makes him a very, very big deal. I, I see a lot of positional versatility with him, a guy that plays left tackle at his high school. He's six, four and a half. He's fairly long. He could get away with playing tackle. His best position is probably guard. He's a kid who could play center. If you train him to do that, I have no doubt he would be good. Uh, he's a bully on the field. He plays with a lot of attitude, uh, plays against good competition. When you see him on tape, keep in mind, you know, when you're watching him bully kids around the field, you're talking about East Texas football. That's some of the best high school football in the United States, uh, and, and he's dominant. Uh, I, I, I think a lot of him, as a matter of fact, Luke, no matter what the rest of this class looks like, I think you'd be able to make an argument Casey Poe plays his position as well as anybody Alabama's going to sign in this class. Uh, that's how good he is. So don't let the lack of surprise uh, fool you. Uh, this was a really, really big deal for Alabama. And he's a kid, uh, you know, a lot of times you don't expect offensive linemen to play early or need them to play early, but he's a kid who could play early. Uh, I, I suspect he'll arrive at Alabama uh, in that 300-pound range. Oh, you just sort of, again, abruptly stopped. Rupert. And there I am. Rupert. There I am, muted like a fool. Um, no, no, you're good. You're, you're good. And, you know, Jimmy, again, this is a technology problem on my side, but there is a picture that I was going to use uh, for the YouTube channel that actually shows Casey Poe and the size of his hands. Let me tell you right. something. You could go broke glove shopping for this man. He, <laughs> his hands are huge. Um, and that's another positive. And like you said yesterday, I thought you put it very eloquently. He plays beyond the echo of the whistle. 
And, yep. you know, is that, is that taking it a bit too far? Well, I mean, let me tell you something. When you're a defensive back, if you can tug on their jersey just a hair without getting caught, people are like, you know, if you ain't cheating, you're cheating yourself, right? I think a, a real good, uh, interesting thing about Coach Wolford, Alabama's offensive line coach, is last year there was a theme to the offensive line guys when, when Alabama brought in Caden Proctor, Miles McVay, Wilkham Formby, uh, Rock Montgomery, uh, you know, that, that group, Olaf Allenine, he brought in that group and they're all monsters. They're all huge. They're all gigantic people. They're, it's clear that was the goal. Let's get bigger. Okay, now let's look at this group, Joseph Iannata and Casey Poe. They're trying to bring in maybe a William Sanders from Brookwood. He's a high priority. Jordan Seaton uh, from, from D.C., one of the country's top tackles. They're, they're, you know, these are the targets. They're trying to bring in these guys. What's the commonality there? Last year it was monsters. This year it's attitude. It's attitude. You watch Iannata, Poe, and William Sanders particularly. They're nasty. They're, they, they play hard. They're, they are very physical. They're bullies, but I mean that as a compliment because that's one position where, where you kind of want that attitude in a player. Uh, they play to the echo of the whistle or beyond uh, because they're, they're, they're dominating their guy. They're bullying him. They're destroying their opponent. Uh, so last year the theme was monsters. This year the theme is attitude. All these guys are, are going to bring that to the offensive line room, and it could be something that's contagious. You get those monsters playing with that kind of attitude and uh, look out. Uh, and let me tell you, I, I think, Luke, especially I've been watching Big 12 media days for a couple of days and getting a lot of messages from coaches. I, I think running the ball is coming almost back in style. I mean, just about every Big 12 coach has talked about it. Uh, I think that's clearly what Alabama is, is doing. They're sending a message with the last two offensive line groups. We're getting big and physical up front, and we're bringing attitude. That's what you do in the run game. It's not necessarily what you do if the plan is to drop and to pass pro 50 to 60 times a game. I, I think this is Alabama saying, we're going to run the football behind these guys, and Casey Poe should be an outstanding run blocker at the next level. And that makes a ton of sense to me. I mean, first of all, it makes a ton of sense just based on history because these things are rather cyclical. Now, again, take out – anything from 1970 before because for the most part everybody was sort of wishboning it and and college football was still getting his sea legs in a way uh really everybody had the gene stallings philosophy of three things can happen when you pass the football and two of them are bad and i think people have realized hey we when people started realizing hey we can just air raid it all over the place well how many of these air raids have really won a championship not i mean has texas tech won a championship i don't know about um, so what I'm saying is, I think that there's always, as you, you said this all the time about, uh, teams, there's market correction and there's a market correction with style of football play where you, everybody's jumping on the air raid train and then they take it too far and they realize, oh, we can't win super big this way. We can have, we can upset somebody or we can be fun, but we can't win for the long haul. So you start coming back to the to the mean. And um, I think that, again, it makes a lot of sense for Alabama, who's been incredibly past centric. And now we look around and we got this running back room full of studs. We don't probably have a, a quarterback that's 
you know, look, if we were to name our top five quarterbacks of the past five or six years, whoever is our quarterback this year would be in last place behind Bryce Young, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tungvaluwa. So, um, yeah, it makes sense that we're coming back that way. And that's really how Georgia's winning, running the ball in defense. Can they pass it? Sure, but they can pass it because they have better athletes than everybody, and everybody's scared to death of the run, too. So, I think it makes a lot of sense, and I love having these mean offensive linemen. Uh, I don't need a lot of finesse offensive linemen. Uh, I'm sure they're good uh, on occasion, but in the end, I want a Casey Poe who can palm a globe. <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, the last two national champions, Georgia, uh, with Stetson Bennett, you know, they, they ran the ball. They, they had a controlled short passing game, throwing it to the tight ends a lot. Uh, but they ran the ball and they played defense and didn't give it away on offense. Uh, and then Alabama in 2020 was the last team to win the national championship before Georgia. And for as much as we think about Mac Jones being a first-round quarterback, Alabama had a 230-pound running back named Najee Harris who helped control the football game. Uh, there's no doubt Najee Harris was a huge part of Alabama winning a national championship in 2020. Uh, I, I think – that you're exactly right, Luke. I think throwing the ball around a lot and playing the air raid spread, uh, it's sort of the in vogue thing, but but it, it's hard to win all your games like that. And uh, TCU did a remarkable job of, of, of having a similar offense to that, and and they managed to get to the playoff with it and, and beat a Michigan team. Uh, but what happened when they ran up against uh, the elite Georgia Bulldogs? They got absolutely waxed on and waxed off. I mean, it, it wasn't even a, a contest. So I, I think Alabama is said, you know what? Let's keep some of these principles that we've used in terms of, of, of having explosive plays outside. Let's keep that. But let's shift emphasis to running the football, being, being real powerful up front. Uh, that seems to be still the formula to this day in terms of, of winning championships. Oh, I was muted, but I stopped it. You did. You stopped it very quickly, and I don't think you muted at all yesterday. So, man. I know. Uh, I was confused. muted. Confusing. We need everyone. to have one of those signs that says, you know, there have been one day without Luke muting himself. But okay. we do have a new uh, sponsor that I'm thrilled about, eBay Motors. Look, eBay, everybody knows how good eBay is, right? It's funny. This is this is I'm not kidding about this when it comes to eBay Motors. The other day, like a week ago, um, we had an issue with a truck over here uh, or a piece of equipment. And I and everybody was like, we came. Nobody can find this part anymore. I said, go to eBay Motors. I, I've heard them on Sirius XM advertising. So just try them out. This is before I knew they were coming on board with us and we were able to get the part, make everything work. Unbelievable. They have 122 million parts, Jimmy. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. It's so simple to go there. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. You can't beat that. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts, Lord knows I didn't know there were 122 million different kinds of parts for cars and motors and things. Um, you have 122 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on eBayMotors.com. 
Let's Ride, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. But go to ebaymotors.com if you need anything for any kind of motor, they can hook you up. Jimmy, on the next Locked on Bama, we'll probably be talking about the commitment of Caleb Odom. I think he'll commit to Alabama. You think he'll commit to Alabama. That's going to happen Saturday night, I believe. Well, we believe it. I mean, you're worried about Miami. Miami could, be a, Miami could be a thing there. Miami okay. could be a thing there, but you know, but I, my, our, our, I think the uh, you know the all three RPM is, is Alabama, and uh, so my, my prediction is going to be Alabama. Uh, but Miami could be a thing. You know, let's do, let's make this sort of a quick segment. But one of your posters on Bama Online, I, I'll give him credit, Stargazer seventy six. If he happens to be listening, he brought up a great topic: current commits with the greatest Bama bump potential. Now, you know, we talk about the Bama bump, and you and I say, yeah, it's real, but it's justified. I mean, of course you get a Bama bump. I mean, if it is the same line of thinking as when George Costanza, you know, had a date with a model and then or actually he cut out a picture of a model that he said he was his dead fiance. And then he was able he was granted access to more models that he could date because they were like, wait a minute, if she went out with him then there must be something there. And so I'll go out with it. It's the same philosophy. If they yeah. see you with a good looking girl, Pete other Davidson. good looking girls are going to be down with it, right? Pete Davidson, has, Pete Davidson has turned that whole thing into a career. <laughs> Pete Davidson, there's nobody who's gotten the Bama bump bigger than Pete Davidson. He's a two and a half star that is now the number three player in the country. That is so true. I'm going to put a picture it's of Pete Davidson one. in a minute and justify this. But not all right, so who's your Who's your choice for the, right. for Bama bumps? I mean, uh, Justin Oko, whatever it is from Germany. I'm not going to pretend I know his last name. Uh, he certainly won, but I, I'm like you. I don't see how he can get much of a bump if he right. doesn't play in America. That's right. Uh, I think Justin uh, Oko Ronquo, as, as I'm going to as I'm going to call him for now until I'm told by Joseph Hastings uh, that, that I need to, that I need to say that differently. Uh, I think he's the guy who should be much higher than he is, but we all understand why he plays football in Germany. So he, he's never going to get – he will be a guy that, that probably doesn't get much of a Bama bump for that reason. Also, his recruitment is sort of over. Let's say he's wide open and like, hey, I might go anywhere between now and signing day. I think he would get offers from everyone, and, and that would lift his profile, and he could get a Bama bump. But he's not doing that. His recruiting's over. He's saying he, he's committing to Alabama, and that's that. So his recruitment's over, and he's playing in Germany, and he's not moving to the U.S. until it's time to enroll at Alabama. So I don't think he's ever getting the bump, though he probably is one of the top 100 prospects. I mean, he probably is. Here's the guy I think is going to move up the most, uh, and that's Joseph Iannata, the offensive lineman from Florida that's, that's committed to Alabama that, that was a camp offer. Uh, he's he's rated way down low. Uh, at the time he committed to Alabama, he, he didn't have much of a ranking. Again, the earlier the rankings, the, you know, the least accurate, that's something that's adjusted during the cycle. I think as more people, as more experts really study the Iannata tape, I think he's a guy that's going to move up pretty drastically. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, I think right now he's like in the seven or eight hundreds. I, I think he's going to ultimately move into at least the uh, on 300, the, the top 300 players 
per on three, which is an enormous jump from where he, where he was at the time he committed to Alabama and even where the time he is now. But when you watch Iannata, uh, the thing that, first of all, again, nasty, a lot like Casey Poe that way, nasty, plays the echo of the whistle, large human being, plays like a bully, uh, plays against pretty decent competition too, was so good in camp, he just basically gets pulled out of camp and, and not only offered, but like Nick Saban's like, we love you, we want you to play here, please play here now and just end recruiting. And and, and he did uh, shortly after the offer from Alabama. Uh, I think Ayanad is going to move up a lot. I think Asaya Fanga is a guy that can move up some, but you know he's sort of smaller framed for a defensive line. He's not small, but just sort of smaller framed. I, I, I think that's likely not to, you know, that's going to keep him out of like the top 100 for sure. Uh, but he's a good prospect in Alabama. You know, all that really matters is how much does Alabama want you? And uh, Alabama really wanted that guy. So did Texas and so did Utah. So, but, but I am not as my answer for biggest bump. Rico Scott's another guy I think could move up with a, with, with a big senior season tape. Oh, that's got to be Pete Davidson. Yeah, this man right here, Jimmy. I, I muted yeah. myself because I was just still taken aback. Let me just give you this. I, and I know this isn't anything to do with Alabama, except that it does officially mean Pete Davidson has the Bama bump. He's dated. This is his list. Ariana Grande. He's dated Cassie David. Uh, Kate Beckinsale, who I just adore. Uh, I think she's marvelous. Kaya Gerber, who I don't know, but is a model. Olivia O'Brien, who I don't Cindy, know. Model. That is Cindy Crawford's daughter, and she looks just like Cindy Crawford. Oh, I, I had that thought. I didn't know that was his daughter. Okay. Uh, yeah. Kim Kardashian. Um, and now he's dating, or he has dated Emily Ratajkowski. I mean, good Lord. This, this, it, what is wrong? I mean, again, good Godspeed, Pete Davidson. I, I, I don't, I just, I just don't know. I don't understand. But hey, you know, it is what it is, and uh, more power to him. I'm, I'm not gonna hate on him, but he does get a Bama bump. There's no, no doubt in my mind about that. If I got to write Hollywood scripts, and someone needs to give me this job, the first movie I would write, my first comedy I would write, would be about how Hugh Hefner died, and somehow his soul was misplaced into Pete Davidson's body. The real, so it'd be like Hugh Hefner's soul has somehow gotten into Pete Davidson, and boom, he started dating these world famous, crazy, great looking models and actresses because there, there really isn't. And see, I think Pete Davidson would play himself in the movie because I think Pete is the kind of guy who's like, I'm just as surprised as any of y'all. I don't get it either. I mean, that's that, that's, that's my, what he should do. And that's probably why he's so he is fairly fairly humble and fairly funny I, I don't think he's one of the funniest Nah, he's not he's really i'll there. tell you something every time he's on a snl skit i'm like it just he's got a very um jimmy fallon thing about him where it's almost like he always breaks character or any you know what i mean jimmy fallon used to do that all the time always laugh in a skit and i'm like hey i'm trying to enjoy this myself you're not supposed to be enjoying it this is he for me good in, the, in the movie. I, 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 that was where, where I've liked Pete Davidson the most was King of Staten Island. You know, the movie that was basically Pete Davidson playing himself uh, somewhat of a biopic sort of 
I thought that was, he was likable and pretty funny in that. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I can't recall an SNL skit that Pete Davidson was in that I was like, that was awesome. Mostly it's like, what, what, why is his, his, oh, by the way, he's pretty good on Comedy Central Roast when he did stand up on, on during the roast stuff. I'm not even sure he writes that stuff, but, but he, he was good. All right, let's take a break from Locked On Pete Davidson, and uh, we will continue here in just a second. And we're back. Jimmy, we're going to continue your countdown. Now, we're all the way up to number 29, and uh, you're going to put somebody here at 29 that some people are going to be like, uh, seems a little high, but I'm with you, Jimmy. I got your back, bro. It's Amari Nablack, and uh, there he is right here. Yeah, uh, excited about Amari Nyblack. The reason he's 29 is I, I think Amari is a lock to uh, play a lot with the first team this fall. That's why I ranked him as the uh, 29th best player on uh, on this football team uh, this fall at Alabama. Uh, Amari this spring, one thing that's really interesting in the scrimmages and A-Day is how frequently he was targeted and how frequently he was targeted in the red zone specifically. Uh, and, and we're coming off a Cam Latu career that many people don't realize. Cam Latu caught the second most touchdown passes in Alabama history for a tight end, only behind O.J. Howard. So Amari Nablack is a, a, a guy that's going to be a threat in the red zone. He's a great pass-catching tight end. You can line him up at the Y. He's gotten big enough to where he lines up at the Y. That's right next to the tackle. But you also can line him up at H, which means he could be in the backfield. He can be split out wide. You sort of move him around trying to get the matchup you want. Uh, again, outstanding pass catcher, improving as a blocker. I don't think he's going to be the tight end that plays the most snap. But I do think, Luke, that's why I've ranked him second among the tight ends. I think he will be the most impactful. That's why I have him ahead of Danny Lewis, ahead of Robbie Ooth. I do have him behind one other tight end we'll get to on the countdown in a couple of days. But I think he's going to play probably about the third most snaps among the tight ends. But he's going to be the most impactful because he'll probably end up catching the most balls out of anyone in the tight end group. Uh, he's a weapon. That's why I have him at 29. Again, probably won't play even half of the first team snaps. But he's going to be impactful and, and, and probably going to be one of Alabama's top targets in the red zone. Uh, I, I think with Nablack's career, Luke, uh, it's a situation where each year will be elite. And, and, and while last year he did play, he started the Tennessee game. A lot of people may not know that. Actually started the game as a true freshman against Tennessee. I think now we're going to see him more frequently with the first team. And then in his junior year next year, uh, I believe he's going to develop into one of the better tight ends in the SEC. And should he stick around for a senior year, and he should, a tight end that needs to add mass and strength to, 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 to max out. He needs his four years in college, in my opinion. His senior year, he might really be something. Uh, we, I, I wouldn't even – honestly, I wouldn't rule out the first round in terms of what, what kind of upside he's got. But let's see. Let's just go one step at a time. Let's just be one step better than he was a year ago. I'm confident that he will be you know it's got to be hard to be a tight end in the sec right now when the whole world is going to compare you to brock bowers very unfairly brock bowers right. is a freak of nature uh i mean we just don't see tight ends like him very often um the kid from florida the year i mean a couple of years ago whose name escapes me right now um do you remember his name directed by the falcons oh uh pitts cal pitts Draft. Uh, he was very good, but I I think Bowers is a notch above him. 
I mean, I think that maybe I'm not crazy. No, that's saying a lot because Pitts has been a really good NFL player, and Pitts was the highest drafted tight end of all time. And I still feel like Bowers is better than he is, and it's not even really that close. Because you know why? Because Bowers is a better blocker, and I think that that part of his game is is not talked about nearly enough. Uh, he, he obviously everyone's going to talk about the pass catching, which is out of this world. But he's not a guy that's a liability in any way when it's time to run the football. Uh, he gets his position blocked, and that's what Amari Nyblack needs to focus on. Really, is we know you can catch the ball, we know you can get open, we know you're a big play waiting to happen when we throw the ball. But if you're just gonna be that guy, there's honestly not a big time future for you in this game because as we, we can talk about the best tight ends in the world, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. You know what? Those guys block their butts off. They're very, very good blockers, and that, that's what Nyblack's got to work on. But but we have him 29th on the team uh, in only year two. So uh, so he's on track. He's on track. He's just got to improve each year he's there. And, uh, oh, as far as the countdown today on, uh, on BOL, I'm writing a very controversial, fun one today that's going to – boy, it's going to stir the hornet's nest. We'll see. We'll be covering it on Locked on Bama. Uh, in a couple of days, we're just a few days behind the uh, the countdown as it, as it appears on BOL. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Be sure to check out eBay Motors. Be sure to keep listening to Locked on Bama. Be sure to subscribe, do all that stuff. Visit all our sponsors. I don't know why I'm swatting gnats. I was just doing that for that. Uh, anyway, y'all have a great day, and we will be back next time. Until then, roll tide. Roll tide, everybody. <laughs>